Well, welcome everybody to Rise Church. So glad that you're here with us today. My name is Aaron. I'm the senior pastor on behalf of my wife, Erica, and all of our staff and just the people who came and set up today. We're so happy that you're here with us, especially if you're here with us for the very first time. If you're a guest with us, I always welcome our guests to come at least three times. Everybody say three times. And here's why, is I know that when you go to a new place, you can't get the best experience on the first experience. And so we always invite, come back, try us a few times, and uh, hopefully we'd be your spiritual family. That's kind of our goal, and that's kind of what we talk about here. I also want to welcome uh, everybody watching on Facebook Live in digital land, or maybe you're listening on the podcast. We have hundreds of people who do that on a regular basis. And then if you have Facebook, uh, what we found is that we actually invite people to check in, let people know you're here. And uh, what that does is actually, uh, we've seen and heard that many people connect through Facebook and through social media. And. And uh, it's been able to kind of come and hang out and you guys can sit and have, you know, a church together and then y'all go eat tacos after. It'd be awesome. And so uh, we're so excited everybody's here today. And uh, we are wrapping up a series called Thankful. And uh, really we're doing that because we know right now you guys are, and we're all going into the Thanksgiving season kind of coming up next week and uh, it's going to be exciting. And so we're going to be uh, wrapping that up today. Before I get started though, I, I actually have some housekeeping that I needed to do. Uh, my staff asked me to take care of this and I need to address this. It's been on social media recently this week and so I'm the senior pastor and so I have to kind of address it and so man if you're a guest with us I'm so sorry you have to be a part of this but there's going to be some just kind of like hey I got to have a dad moment if that's okay and just really kind of address a big controversy in uh, our social media from our social media account and I want to put you up on the screens exactly what really caused a real big issue this week inside of our church and show you uh, with what happened and so um this, we put this up, and, and this caused a lot of issues, you know, and fu it's funny, you know, just little things here and there, and some of you guys didn't play this right. Some of y'all just don't even like uh, rules. You like who's, what rules are. We said pick one that you have to eliminate, and uh, none of you guys said, I want to keep all of them. They're all great. And I'm like, you don't know how to play the game. And so uh, I just wanted to clear it up for all of us in the church today, and so we can all just make a decision together. So if you would like to get rid of mac and cheese, you're on the, the mac and cheese doesn't belong anywhere in this uh, idea. Raise your hand right now if you want to get rid of mac and cheese. Just raise it. Come on loud. Everybody look around. All right. These are all people who don't like cheese. Y'all like anti-cow. All right. That's fine. Who wants to get rid of green bean casserole? Raise your hand. Come on, make some noise. Green bean casserole. Y'all meat lovers out there, unite, right? Green bean casserole, that's trash. All right, mashed potatoes. Come on. Who wants to get rid of mashed potatoes? Raise your hand. All one of you. You ain't American if you want to get rid of mashed potatoes. Y'all just don't love, y'all have Android phones too? Y'all really have Android? And then who wants to get rid of stuffing? Make some noise. You want to get rid of stuffing? You're like, what on earth? Soggy stuffing that is, you know, why don't we just cook up a sponge and then throw, that's nasty. And so uh, I just wanted to make sure everybody knew where I was on the, the, the situation. Y'all want to know what I want to get rid of? You ready? Here's what I want to get rid of. I'm not going to tell you. You got to go check it out on Facebook, all right? So go check it out. And uh, it's so funny. We put this up, and, you know, we're, we're, our social media account as a church, Pastor Jason, uh, and our team manages it, and uh, people are like, is that you, Pastor? I'm like, no, I, I stay off as best I can. And uh, But, you know, we put it up, and so sometimes we put up, like, scriptures. Nobody comments. We put up that, you know, God's for you. Nobody comments. You know, pray for the kids in Africa. Nobody comments. We put this up, and people are like, 8,000 people comment. They're like, No. Mac and cheese doesn't belong. And so uh, if that's you, I'm praying for you. There will be people to pray at the end. So uh, we might as well invite the Lord back into service today. Let's just pray and get it on with. All right, Lord, we just thank you. Lord, we, we just ask you today, God, to speak to us. God, what an exciting time it is to be in the house of God. 
uh, asking, Lord, that you would speak to us in the only way that you can. Father, I know I prepared notes and and uh, I have a sermon, but, but I know that you have a specific sermon for each and every one of us. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would take the words that I've created, Lord, transform them, plant them deep in the hearts of the people. God, we walk out of here different than the way we walked in, in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. amen. Last week, we started a series called Thankful. We're wrapping it up today. I, I showed a scripture last week, and it was from Psalms 100, and uh, we kind of talked about what it meant to enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Everybody say Thanksgiving. That there's this posture in our heart that we need to enter into uh, the, the presence of God. And, and, and that when we do that, when we give thanks and we give praise to Him, that, that, that it really sat, uh, establishes, you know, really a lot what we can get from our relationship. You know, there's, there's a posture of our hearts. And I was reading, you know, in my study this weekend, and, and uh, I came across a, diff- the, a different translation for this description. I like it. It says this. This is the message version. It says, enter with the password, thank you. I like that. The password, thank you. Make yourselves at home talking praise. Thank him and worship him. I, 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 the other day, I had my son who's two. I have five boys, but he was trying to get into my phone, and he didn't know the passcode. And have you all ever had your, your grandkids or your kids got a hold of your phone, and they pressed all the buttons, and then now it's like disabled for, you know, two years? And you can't get into your phone. And, uh, and, and what, what, when I heard that, I thought that, well, what a great translation. What a great analogy of our relationship with God. Because so many of us, we can even be saved and we can have a relationship with Christ. And yet we, 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 we actually have a limited one because we don't enter into his courts with the right posture of our heart. You know, we can't. We, I've noticed that if I don't have the passcode, this is a glorified paperweight. It don't do much if I can't, can't unlock, if I can't get into it, if I can't. And, and, and the Bible speaks to us that, like, I want you to think. Every time you look at your phone, this is how I enter into his courts. And there's something that is unlocked in my relationship with Christ when I'm able to enter into his courts with thanksgiving. God, I start with thankfulness. God, I, I recognize how good you are and that it is not just a good thing. It's not just a nice idea. It's not just manners. Thankfulness has power. Somebody say power. Come on, you can't say it like you just power, power. You know, like look at your neighbor and say power. Like make it, make the P come out of your mouth, right? Power. Come on, say power. All right, yeah, you got to say it like you're an old school preacher, like you got some in your throat. One last time, on the count of three, all scream it. Like when we say stuff like that in church, yeah, scream power on the count of three. One, two, three. Yeah, there's power in thanksgiving, and when you enter into God's presence, something changes. And so what I'm going to spend the rest of the time I have today, I'm going to give you three kind of things, three miracles that are unlocked when you can enter into his, his presence with thanksgiving. There's something that happens in your relationship with God, and we're going to look at it through the life of Jesus, and it's going to be awesome. You're going to love it. And so the first miracle that is unlocked with your thankfulness, because remember, it's not just a good thing. There's power in it. I want you to walk around with thankfulness because there's power in it. The first miracle it unlocks is the miracle of multiplication. Some of us in here right now need multiplication. Can I get an amen? Like addition is not enough. It's not that you need just one more hour in the day. You need multiple hours. Come on, I'm talking exponential blessing. Where you put in one came out 28. 
Where I need, there you could, you might need exponential multiplication in your finances. There might be multiplication in your, your time during the day. You might need something just inside of your life where, where it's exponential in nature. And Jesus shows us that thankfulness plays a part. There's a story where uh, he feeds 5,000. It's called the feeding of the 5,000. It was only men. And so scholars believe with, you know, women and children, there was way more than that. But there's a scripture that talks about this. I want to show you where thankfulness plays a part in multiplication. Matthew chapter 14, it says, as evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place. It's already getting late. Send crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. And I like what Jesus' response is. He says, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. And so verse 17, the they say, this is their response. Now, this is important. He says, we only have only. Ever say only. He says, we only have five loaves and bread and two fish, they answered. It's, it's not enough. Bring them here to me, Jesus said. In verse 19, he says, and he directed the people to sit down to the grass, talking, taking the five loaves, two fish, and looking up to heaven. This is so good. Don't miss it. Looking up to heaven, he gave what? He gave Thanks. Yeah. And broke the loaves. I like that. He gave thanks. And then this is what happens. They all ate. They were satisfied. The disciples picked up 12 baskets full of broken pieces that were left over. So, so they, they, there was a miracle of multiplication and it happened after Jesus gave thanks. He starts off the story by changing our paradigm a little bit. Because oftentimes I've noticed in my life and maybe in your life, God will ask you to do something that you don't have enough or not fully equipped to do. Just me? He asks us something. It's like, God, you realize there's only five loaves and two fish. How am I? I like because they said, we got to send them away. We, they, there's gotta, you got to send them to Taco Bell, Chick-fil-A. It just doesn't work. We don't have the capabilities to feed them. We must send them away. And Jesus says, no, no, don't send them away. You feed them. And Jesus and God, oftentimes in our life, I would say that if you're doing something for Christ, he's going to push you into something where you, don't, you ain't feel fully equipped and fully prepared and fully anything to do it. That if you're going to do something, like I've just noticed, if you're going to accomplish anything, Expect to take a step in the kingdom of God. I remember when I was 18, you know, God told me, you'll be in ministry, go be a youth pastor. I wasn't equipped to be a youth pastor at 18. I, I shudder at the advice I gave to teenagers when I was 18 years old. I'm like, what were my messages? They were probably not even godly. I didn't even know what that was saying. You know, I was like, what, what in the world? I, 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 there, there, God asked me to be, I remember one time specifically, I'm driving home after I got fired from my job. I remember God speaking to me saying, don't forget to be generous this weekend. God, I, 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 that doesn't compute. I don't have enough. L- love your wife when she's unlovable. Come on. Love your husband. Has God ever asked you that? Plant a church in a city you don't know anybody or know anything. It doesn't make sense. But if you're going to do a miracle, if God, you're gonna, God's going to work a miracle through you, I'm just telling you, get ready. You're going to have to take a step. And so what he does is he highlights two people in this story. The first kind of people were these only people. You know these people. They're not you because you, 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 you ain't like this. But other churches, right? So there's other, there's other people who speak with only language. I like what they say. We have here only. And if we're not careful, you and I can be only people. Here's how it sounds. If only I had more time in the day. If only my kids were different. If I only came from a different background. If my last church 
only was a little bit better, if only my husband would listen to me when I talked to him, if I only had a little bit more money. And if you're not careful, you start to speak like the disciples spoke. And you're like, I, we only got five loaves and two fish. And only people, here's the problem. Only people can, they, they can never see what they have because they're only focused on what they don't. They can never see it. They're always comparing. Have you ever noticed that? You know how easy it is to do that nowadays? Y'all be, you know, scrolling through Insta, scrolling through Facebook, you had just got blessed with, with a raise of, of 2%, 4%, 10%. And then you look at your friend who just got blessed with a new business. And you can't be thankful with what God gave you because you're too busy looking at what God gave someone else. Because you, And then what it causes you to do is you say, well, if I only had... And it doesn't matter what's past the only. There's always something else. You got blessed, you looked at your neighbor. You got blessed, you looked at your sister. You got blessed, you looked at your mom. You got blessed, you looked at everything else. And all of a sudden, from what used to be a blessing has now become nothing because you can't be thankful because it's only. It's only. It's only. But the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 started with thankfulness. The second person was thankful people. Jesus modeled this. Verse 19, he gave thanks. He gave thanks. Other translations say he blessed it. And here's what it wasn't. It wasn't the, 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 the Greek word there wasn't blessed as in I'm blessing it so it multiplies. It was I am already blessed. Not, okay, I'm going to bless it so we can we can be thankful later. I'm blessed already. I'm blessed with what I have. I'm already, I already, I can be thankful. I'm, I am blessed. I'm not going to be blessed. I am. I, I am blessed. And when you, when you posture your heart like that in a season of lack, here's the reality. There was a season of lack for Jesus and all of those people. So he was in a season of lack, and yet he said, I'm thankful, I'm blessed, I'm grateful with what I have now. And I've just noticed that when you're grateful with what you have, when you're thankful with what you have, it catches the attention of God because you steward it better. Have you noticed when you're really thankful for something, you don't like waste it? And it catches the attention of God. God can trust you with more. Thankful people have miracles of multiplication happen to them all the time because they steward what they have well because they know it came from God. James says it like this. This is a great scripture if you, if you want to know where everything that you have in your hands, where it comes from. He said every good and perfect gift is from what? Above. He's talking about God. God gave it to you. God gave you your health. God gave you your money. God gave you your energy. God gave you your car. God gave you your, health, your, your house. God gave you your kids. Yeah, as crazy as they are, they're blessing. They gave them to you. He gave them to you. God gave you your husband. God gave you your wife. You got to be thankful with what he gave you. You steward it better. And then all of a sudden, God's going, okay, I'll give you more. Okay, okay, I'll give you more. You, you took care of it. You're thankful. And multiplication happens behind that. So what Jesus doesn't do is he doesn't complain. He doesn't go, we only have five? Come on, God. I'm down here working for you. You only give me five? Come on. He didn't compare. 
didn't say, man, look what they got over there. Why couldn't you hook me up in the palace? Why couldn't you put me around the, you know, all the royalty? He didn't compare. He just said, look, I'm just going to think I am blessed right now. And when God saw it, multiplication came. I'm just telling you, it's how God works. Second one is this. Y'all might not like that one. Maybe they're not stuck in multiplication. Maybe the miracle you need is this miracle. Thankfulness unlocks a miracle of strength and endurance in difficult seasons. So some of us in here right now, you're like, Pastor, that's good. I don't need multiplication right now. I just need not to quit. Can I get an amen? You're in here right now. Maybe the whole reason you're in here right now is you made a deal with God. You said, God, Here's my last ditch effort. I'm ready to give up. I'm going to walk in this church. You better have a word for me because otherwise it's over. My marriage is over. My relationships are over. My finances is over. My relationship with you, God, is over. I'm just done. If you don't fix it, if you don't give me something to talk about, if you don't give me a word in season, here's your word. For those of you going through trial, going through a valley, going through an issue, having a problem, you're having, you're, you're, you can't seem to get out of what it is, this is what you do. Because some of us need this. Thankfulness plays a role. There's a time where Jesus is sitting down, what we now know is the Last Supper. He's sitting down with his disciples before he goes and dies, gets tortured, dies, rises again. This is before all of his painful moments is about to happen. He sits down with them. I'll show you something. It's pretty good. This is when the time came, Jesus and his apostles sat down together at the tables. Again, this is the Last Supper. And he says, I've been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. He knows what's coming, right? He knows what's coming. Verse 17, then he took a cup of wine and gave thanks. Everybody say thanks. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. To God for it. And then he said, take this and share it among yourselves. And then he goes on in verse 19. He says he took some bread and he gave thanks. Everybody say thanks. He gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it into pieces and gave it to his disciples. And this is my body which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. This is the scripture we, we reference when we take communion as a church, holy communion as a church. And he says, after the supper, he took wine and said, this is the cup of my new covenant between God and his people in agreement confirmed with my blood. This is important, which is poured out as a sacrifice for who? For you and for me and for us. So, so Jesus, in the moment, where he knows he's about to go through something terrible. Thankfulness plays a part in his endurance. Thankfulness shows us that he was able to not be thankful for the problem, but be thankful for the promise. That, that if, you're a, if you're not a Christian in here, this is one of the best reasons for you to be one, okay? Because if you go through something as a Christian, you and I have an opportunity to be thankful for because we know God can redeem it and still bring something out of it. My, the other day, my, my son, Judah, he was, he's five. It's funny. He was, he was kicking a, a soccer ball. He was in our backyard. He was kicking a soccer ball. All my boys were out there playing. And he, he ran up. And if y'all ever seen a kid where he's so excited, we run, he was so excited. He's running around. He's an outdoorsy kid, loves to catch the lizards and bring them to mom. It's awesome. And so he's like running around, and he runs up to this soccer ball, and he misjudges the soccer ball. He misses it. His foot kind of gets on the, uh, the ball and slips, makes him slip. And he, I mean, he caught air. That's how fast he was going and how much he slipped. And then he fell. And, you know, I laughed. And um, let's say in a parenting seminar, you know, it's like I laughed and he was on the ground. And he was, he, he get, is what he does. He gets up and he walks over. Okay. So something didn't, he expected something didn't happen the way that he was. He was literally on the ground. He had an issue. He walks up, sits next to me, and he does this, the kid thing. <laughs> 
And I go, what's wrong? And he goes, mm-mm. Didn't happen the way I wanted it to. And I'm like, I don't even understand what you're saying. You know when kids talk like that? You're like, speak English. Enunciate your words. And he's like, mm-mm. Then, then. It moved from that. Then he started getting mad at his brothers. He started comparing. He goes, well, look at my brothers. When they play and they kick the ball, and the ball kicks the ball, and the ball goes in and went in, why couldn't I kick the ball like that? I'm like, oh, okay. Is this, is this it? Are you done? Then he moved from comparing to getting angry. Then he got mad. He goes, hmm. So it went from hmm to hmm. And now he's mad, and he's like yelling at all of his brothers, stop kicking the ball. I don't want you to kick the ball. Then the anger went from, okay, again, so we started with sulking, moved to comparing, to then now he's angry. Now it moved to violence. Then he starts running out there and starts hitting his brothers, kicking the ball, throwing things. Now, I looked at my son's situation, and what's funny about trials and issues and problems from Christian standpoint, we do that a lot. Something didn't go the way that you wanted. Now you're in a valley. Now you're in a trial. Now God didn't answer when you thought he would answer. And some of you right now are stuck in the sulking. God, you didn't do it when I told you to do it. That didn't happen. I kicked the ball and it didn't. I fell. Some of you right now are comparing your pain to other people's pain. You're like, my pain, why, my, why are they so happy? They're not as mad as I am. I know they should be getting it worse than I should be getting it. Why are they getting it? And some of you have moved past that. Now you're in the anger zone. Now you're just mad at everybody. Somebody comes up and talks to you like, hey, how are you doing? Don't ask me what I'm doing. How are you doing? Oh, okay, never mind. I don't really want to know how you're doing. And some of you might be in violent, right? You're in just now everything everybody's telling you, you just throw stuff. You're mad. You're on Facebook throwing shots. Somebody gets up and they put a little scripture, you know, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave. I don't know if he likes me. Tell that to, you know, and now you're in violent mode. And what's funny is Jesus shows us that if you are in an issue with trial, come on, if you need the miracle of endurance and not to give up in your worst moment while you're on your back, when things didn't go the way that you wanted, you need to focus your eyes on the promise, not the pain. Jesus highlights that it was poured out for you, not for him. So when he thanks God for the bread, he's thanking God for the brokenness of his life so that you and I could have restoration, the promise. So your healing now comes because he was broken, your promise. He thanks God for it. Then he thanks God. He doesn't stop there. Then he thanks God for the wine, the signified prophetically. God's prophesying, saying the blood's going to flow and it's going to bring salvation for mankind. There's a promise attached. The greatest promise in the world was attached to pain, but Jesus didn't focus on that. He focused on the promise. So you and I, in our toughest moments with trial, be thankful for the promise. Thankfulness lifts your eyes off your problem and onto your purpose, onto your promise, onto what's going. The Bible talks about it all the time. James chapter 1, I love this verse. He says this. He says, dear brothers and sisters, just so you know who he's talking to, you. Everybody say me. Okay, so now we know who he's talking to. He says, when troubles of any kind, when your trials come and when you're on your back, when there's issues going on, when things didn't go the way that you wanted, in any way, consider an opportunity that's an opportunity for joy. There's something inside of it that happens. I like what it goes on to say, for you know that when your faith is tested, there it is, your endurance has a chance to grow. I like this. This is so good. Then he goes on to say, so then let it grow. 
let it grow. Like, stop soaking. Stop comparing. Stop getting angry. Stop being violent. You and I have a promise. You might be in a valley, but you and I have a responsibility and opportunity to lift our eyes off ourselves and focus on the promise. Come on. It's not, well, I'm not thankful for the trial, but man, I'm thankful for the promise. I'm thankful that God, something's going to get, God's going to redeem this. Come on. Some of you have to, you have like put on your big boy pants and be like, sorry, at some point I got to stop letting all the issues of life tear me down. Because if you continue to do it, you're going to be continually on the ground. It's a miracle of endurance. If you're in a season of trial, you better thank God for the promise coming. Number three is this, and this is maybe the most important. Thankfulness unlocks the miracle of resurrection. Unlocks the miracle of resurrection. I did not say resuscitation. Resuscitation, um, kind of insinuates that, that, that with man, with, a, with a, a human intervention, we can keep something from dying. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is a miracle of resurrection. Something was dead. It's gone. But you and I are believing it's coming back. Great story where Jesus was upset about one of his closest friends in all of his life had just died. And he's on his way to go visit with his dead friend. This is what happens. It says in verse 38 in John chapter 11, Jesus was still angry when he arrived at the tomb, a cave with a stone rolled across his entrance. Now, the reason he was angry is because he was frustrated. People weren't living by, by faith. He, he kept, they kept looking at what was dead, and they didn't see what was possible. And he, he said, roll the stone aside. I like this. This is because at some point for your miracle to come forth, some things in your life are going to have to be rolled aside. There's some people that are going to have to be rolled aside. I didn't even say this in the first sermon. This is for you. This is someone in here needs this. So, so somebody in your life right now needs to be rolled aside. Say, I love you, but move aside. You're, 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 you, God loves you, but move aside. There's a miracle I, that's got to come forward, and, and it, my doubt's got to roll aside. Come on. Like, like my fear has got to roll aside. My anger eventually has got to roll aside. There's a miracle on its way, but it's got to roll aside. That's for somebody in here. That ain't even my notes. All right. So Jesus told them, said, but Martha, the dead man's sister protested, the Lord has been, uh, the Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. We're like, obviously somebody's dead. Stinks. And Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? I like that. If you believe, that's like an old school Preacher, like if you believe, you know, that's how I read the Bible. Anyway, so they rolled the stone aside. And again, remember, things have to be moved. Sometimes you got to move stuff. And then Jesus looked up to heaven. This is so good. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Looked up to heaven. This is stuff we read through, right? We're trying to get to the miracle. And you, you and I miss out what brought the miracle, right? And so Jesus looked to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. Okay. Thank you for, for hearing me. Thank you for, for listening. Thank you for, for knowing 
what I needed. And he goes on in verse 42. He says, you always hear me, but he says, you, you always hear me. But I said out loud for these sake, people standing here so that they will believe they will believe you sent me. And then he goes on. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. Side note, the reason Jesus shouted Lazarus, because if he didn't, man, all the dead people would have started walking out. It been Michael Jackson thriller all of a sudden. People walking out like, oh, so he highlighted Lazarus. Not everyone, just that one. Church joke. All right. So, and the dead man came out and his hands and feet were bound. Grave clothes. His face was wrapped in head cloth. And Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. So, so some of us in here are struggling with dead things in our life. There's dead finances. There's a dead relationship. Someone right now has a dead relationship in your life. You're believing God for, come on. That, that, that needs to come back alive. There's a dead relationship with your, with your kids or something dead in your finances or something dead inside of your body. There's something dead. Some of us need a resurrection. It's gone. There's no, the, 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 the human part of us is given up. But, but I like what, what Jesus does. The miracle of the resurrection in this moment for his friend Lazarus was preceded by a peculiar prayer, a thankful prayer. Verse 41, then Jesus, this is, this is fascinating. Then Jesus looked up to heaven. I said, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. Now, the Bible never records where Jesus actually prays for Lazarus. But the Bible does record that Jesus often prayed in the morning and at night. That Jesus had a consistent connection with God the Father. So it would lead us to conclude pretty easily that if God heard him, that he had prayed for Lazarus in the morning, that he knew on the way, in the, if he was dead for four days and he knew about it, that Jesus had prayed and spoke life and said, he's going to be okay. Now, I know sometimes this might mess with your theology a little bit, but I just want you to understand, the last time I checked inside of the scriptures, everything that seems to be impossible for man is increasingly very easy for God. And that if you have something dead, hear me, come on, if there's something dead in your life, it's gone. That if we can learn to thank God for the oncoming miracle of resurrection, come on, you heard me. I thank you that you heard me. You might have a dead, something's dead in your life right now. I challenge you tomorrow morning when you wake up, start with this. I thank you that you heard me. I thank you that Lazarus is already going to be alive soon. I thank you that what's dead in my life right now is going to be alive. I thank you that no matter what, even there's something something wrong. There's something stinky. It doesn't smell right. It's dead. The stone has been rolled over and he's in his grave. Whatever it is, if you want to see the miracle of resurrection, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you're going to have to speak it one day. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you, you're shortchanging your life as a Christian if you don't learn how to speak with the Holy Spirit. You just will. You just will. And so it's not manipulation. We're not arm wrestling God. We're not forcing a miracle, but we are taking part in it because God loves it. He delights in it. Last time I checked my Bible, he is a good father who loves his kids. And he loves it when people believe he is who he said he was. I, I like it. You know why my kids call me daddy? I like to hear it sometimes. 
I just like to hear it like, oh, I'm daddy. They think I'm good. They think I can do it. My parents, my, you know, my boys, do, they, they're all under 11, but they still think that I'm Superman. They think I can do anything. My son thinks I can buy anything. <laughs> Dad, just pull out your money. It comes out everywhere. He still thinks, come on, right? There's some level in us where you you're might be, in here you might be too smart. You're too old. You're too, you're, you're too mature in your, in your ideas. There's a childlike faith that Jesus appreciates. She just, I just believe. God, you heard me already. God, you heard me. It's dead. People have said it's dead. It ain't coming back. That's okay. What they think is impossible is easy for you. It's easy. You want the miracle of multiplication, miracle of endurance, the miracle of resurrection. See, I told you, thankfulness is power. It's power. It ain't a nice thought. It's not a holiday. It's a Christian discipline that brings with it power. And I pray that one day we could all live. Thank.